What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Uh, tonight, I wanted to be talking about uh, you know when cards have a meaning to you because of the personal attachment or the story behind them. Uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit recently. I know that a lot of times when it comes to collecting, and I've been caught up in this too. You know, so I'm you know probably right there with you a lot of times, but. Uh, uh, it's easier to be in the mode of always looking for things, for new things to add to your collection, than it is to really enjoy and appreciate what you already have. Um, that's something that I've fallen into quite a bit in the past, and I still do from time to time as well. So but I thought this would be kind of like a fun little, maybe a series I'll do on YouTube or something. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, so I'm looking around my office, and I've got these neat cards that, you know, they're cards that are they're neat for two reasons. Number one, because of uh, their status. But number two, probably more importantly, is the stories behind them. And you know, I'll kind of give you a couple examples. I'm looking at my uh, at my Conseco shelves here. Um, there's you know, it's kind of funny because like almost every single one of these cards has a meaningful story to me, at least. Um, a lot of the stories might be boring to you, but for me, they're, they have, they have some meaning. So it's kind of, so I'm just kind of looking through these here. And, uh, I know like, for instance, there's one that's a 2001, uh, Donruss elite status. It's got Kinseiko. It's showing him as a, uh, member of the angels, which is very difficult to come by. Um, there's not many angels cards of his out there. Uh, it's a, like a gold refractor. And it's a die cut, and it's numbered to 33, I think. Very, very difficult to find card. Um, and uh, I know that I, that I sold one to a friend of mine, Andrew, uh, many, many moons ago. And uh, what I wanted to do is after a while, I reached out to him to see if we could do a trade. Uh, and so I think we ended up doing a trade, and uh, unfortunately, the card never made it to me and it was a, it was just lost in the mail. And it was kind of frustrating because it's a card that I was really looking forward to seeing or to getting back. I love those cards. I, I love how they look. And, you know, you look at right now, it's over 20 years old. There's only, well, 32 others out there now, I guess. And, uh, and you just never know what, you know, what happened. You just, and, and for me, it's one of those weird things where, you get things in the mail that can be lost sometimes and you expect them to eventually show up, but they just never did. So, uh, you know, day after day, I'm going to the mailbox going, Oh, maybe today's the day. Hopefully today's the day. I sure hope it's today. And it just never came. And so I'm like, Oh man, I just don't know what the heck, uh, I'm going to do here. I guess I just, you know, chalk it up as a loss and, you know, we'll see if it ever comes, if it ever makes it to me. Uh, well, that day never came and it was gone. And so uh, until I think probably about a year or so ago, if I remember, I'd have to check my notes. It was either a year or two. It seems like time kind of uh, blends in with itself these days, it seems like, right? But uh, uh, I remember um, a friend of mine, uh, John, he uh, he loves getting Kinseiko cards too and everything. And he got one. And so I was like, oh man, I've got to see if I can do a trade. So I tried to, you know, try to put, put together a trade offer and, uh, ended up, uh, uh, making a deal with him. And so thinking, man, what a, what a neat card to have back in my collection that I was 
you know, I liked it when I first had it. I really liked it when I found out that I was going to get it back. And then I liked it even more than that when I realized after it was lost that I could get another one. So it's kind of fun to have that little story built into that card. Um, another one, which is which is kind of fun, is it's a 2002. Uh, and I'm literally just putting my eyes on random cards here um, on, my, uh, on my shelf here. But uh, another one is a 2002 Leaf Certified Fabric of the Game. Uh, this is kind of a, a fun card as well that also, um, has, uh, has my friend Andrew involved in this. So the way it worked out was back in 2015, uh, I was on my way to Kinseiko's house, uh, for that signing. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've probably heard many times about, about that whole situation. If you're not, then, you know, Google chasing Conseco best day ever. Um, there's an article of mine that you'll, that'll pop up. Um, and I have it in my book, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict, if you want to check that out too. But anyways, um, on my way, I was like literally in the passenger seat of our car and, you know, Holly was, was driving uh, this leg of the trip. And I remember watching this card. It's a, it, and let me tell you, first of all, it's like, it's his first, it's Jose's first auto patch card if i remember correctly and it's his first patch card uh of eights and uh so first one ever and it's an interesting deal because uh it's actually numbered to 33 but the way they did the numbering convention there is the first 10 are signed as well so out of the 33 there's only 10 that are signed that have patches and the other 23 do not have signatures now uh, it's obviously the, uh, you know, most coveted, uh, if I can recall correctly from, you know, the, the run, the entire run, uh, but something else that's interesting out of the 10 that are signed, not all of them have patches. Some of them have white swatches. Uh, this one has a nice patch. Uh, so it's got a patch, it's got a signature, you know, there's only nine more out there. And out of those nine, there's probably maybe half of them have patches or something. So, really really special card so anyways it pops up on ebay and i'm watching it count down and i'm like oh man i hope i get this card of a you know two out of uh um uh you know from 2015 and so i go man i really 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 hope i get this card cross my fingers and just like that it blows past uh my highest bid by a long shot i think it ended up selling for over 200 dollars which back then was a really big deal. Now nowadays, I think it would go for way more, uh, but back then it was it was it was a big deal. And I go, oh man, I was kind of heartbroken, but I'm like, oh well, it's okay. I'm, you know, actually getting to hang out with the guy that you know is on the you know picture of the <laughs> of the card that I lost out. So I'll be okay. I'll be fine. So fast forward um, until 2020, I think it was. My friend Andrew he ends up selling his collection to me. I get his collection and I end up going through his cards and I go, ha, what? I pull, I, I pull it out, come to find out Andrew was the one that, that was the winner of that card. And I go, oh my gosh. And it was like such a fun, neat revelation. Like not a single one of those cards uh, from that run would mean anywhere nearly as much to me as that one. And, uh, you know, so it's really kind of a, really kind of a fun a fun piece of uh, 
you know, history, I guess you could call it, um, on, you know, for, you know, the actual car itself. Um, there's a couple others that, uh, you know, I'll tell you about this one also. This is something that kind of, uh, has like a couple of them have like legends built into them, uh, for me anyways. Number one is, uh, is a 2010 exquisite. Um, there's a patch. I think a lot of you player collectors out there can really connect with this. Um, whether your guy is in 2010 exquisite or not, but anyways, uh, if you don't know anything about the lawsuit that major league baseball had against upper deck, go research it. It's really interesting stuff. Um, ultimately, uh, upper deck had to, you know, halt production, um, of cards in 2010. They had this beautiful set called 2010 exquisite for, uh, for baseball. And it was amazing. And so the, the neat thing was, is for Conseco collectors, you know, we were kind of, I say we, but I really wasn't collecting back then. I wasn't collecting Conseco back then. Um, but Conseco collectors were really excited to see this checklist because Jose was in his high end set and it was the first time in years that he had really been in anything like once his book dropped, it seems like the card companies dropped him, <laughs> which was interesting. So he had like a boatload of cards in 2005 that were released 2006 or a few 2007, not really 2008, nothing really, nothing really 2009, nothing really 2010. Uh, his next licensed cards were like 2014. Of course, you know, it's kind of a difficult deal. He did have some paninis and leafs and everything, but you know, it's a different deal altogether as well. But so 2010, you see upper deck has a base card of Conseco and a patch card of Conseco, which people are, you know, wild about, right? Like it's a really, really exciting thing. Your guy finally has a baseball card again. And then you find out, sorry, can't get them. That's it. So you go, oh man, that's unfortunate. That's really too bad. Um, and, but some of them leak out as cards like this do. And it's, uh, it's been said that there's between five and seven copies of the base card itself. And the base cards, by the way, are really thick uh, to give it more of a, a even more premium uh, look and feel to them. So real nice, real nice looking, real nice gold foil and design and everything. Uh, the patch cards have five copies um, that have been confirmed that exist of each of these. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's known as a grail card. Um, the, the patch card, especially. And so I think I might know where all of them are. And so it's one of those types of cards that, you know, that you're never going to get your hands on. Like it's, they're just not, it's not possible basically. Um, unless one of these super collector guys give up or whatever, but some of these guys are set collectors and they're in it for life to, to get the entire set of exquisite. So, um, a friend of mine, Jamie, uh, he's a long time collector. Uh, I've checked his website and, you know, he has this picture of this Jose. Um, and that's like the card that I know from the set. The reason I know what it looks like is because of his, of his collection. So, um, about a year or so ago, again, maybe a year or two, once again, time blurs and I just don't really recall. Uh, but, uh, I remember, uh, being able to like taking months and months and months, uh, pulling trade offer after trade offer to him, just, just flinging him over at him every now and then. 
and we finally got something to work and I was able to get the card. And um, there's one other guy that's got two of them. Another one, another guy has, has one of them. And I feel like, I think I know where the other one is. So like, basically they're just like not touchable um, at this point. Um, so it's kind of fun though, because it's obviously got an amazing story with the whole upper deck bankruptcy thing. Like I said, you got to look that up if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but it also is, is fun to know that I have the actual card, the actual card that I've been fawning over, um, for, you know, many, 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 uh, years at this point. So it's kind of fun because it doesn't just go to Conseco cards. It goes to, uh, you know, all of these other older cards I have, and even like, you know, certain, uh, I, I don't think I really have too terribly many, uh, stories behind, uh, some comic books I have other than, you know, just what they mean to me necessarily, but the stories really kind of are, are with the baseball cards I have. And so another thing that I have is, uh, is actually a, a signed team baseball, uh, game used a nine world series baseball that's signed by the team. Uh, I ran into a lady that, uh, had a handful of them and I asked him, I asked her, you know, where she got them. She said, well, these are actually part of, uh, Ricky Henderson's collection. And she was very close with Ricky. I go, oh, okay. And so I was wanting to buy one of them that had everybody on the team and come to find out uh, that uh, as I was about to pull the trigger, if I remember correctly, somebody else bought it. I go, oh, man. She goes, well, I do have one other. And uh, I go, okay, um, I'd like to see. Um, and she said, well, okay, so here it is. There's a problem. Uh, it doesn't have Lance Blankenship's me a signature on it and it doesn't have jose canseco's signature on it. i go oh man <laughs> that's like the main guy that i want out of, out of the whole thing i said no you know that's fine um and so i ended up buying it from her and uh, she ended up sending me over a few uh other ricky henderson signatures that she had and you know some other things which is really nice of her um and i'm a big fan of ricky henderson i love ricky henderson um but anyway so uh I have this signed baseball and as it turns out, having the entire team minus Blankenship and Conseco was actually a pretty good thing, pretty fun thing because it, it built in, I was able to build something in the story here. So what I did is I ended up reaching out uh, to the Oakland athletics, which has been my you know team for life. Right. And I asked them, I said, Hey, um, do you know if there's a way uh, that I could, uh, obtain Lance Blankenship's autograph, uh, from you all somehow. And they say, yeah, there's like a fan fest thing coming up so we can, uh, have him sign it there. And I go, okay, great. How much does it cost? What can we do? And they said, you know what? It's going to cost you absolutely nothing. We'll ship it back to you for free and everything will be free for you. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Thanks so much. And before that, by the way, I reached out to Lance through email and uh, Lance actually responded to me and said, hey, yeah, let's get this, uh, let's figure this out for you. So unfortunately, I didn't hear anything back from him afterwards, but I should have probably followed up. But either way, the, the front office for the Oakland Athletics were super nice to me. Um, they got it worked out and, I, and it came back. Uh, and Lance, unfortunately, signed a little bit through Ricky's signature. <laughs> <laughs> not sure why he did that, but you know, that's part of the story. Right. And you know, Ricky's signature is still there. It's not like it's not really ruined or anything, but it's like, why did he do that? <laughs> but it's kind of fun that, uh, that I was able to have that little piece to it. I was able to 
have a connection to the front office of the Oakland Athletics and had a positive experience with them. Um, now, of course, I have this team sign ball with everybody except for my favorite player on it. So, uh, as you know, going back to the fact that I was going over to his house, uh, I had this ball. I told him about the whole story and everything. He just kind of, you know, shook his head and laughed and everything about the the whole Blankenship uh, thing signing through Ricky's uh, signature. He goes, yeah, I give it here. Where do you want me to sign? And so I said, you know, uh, I would love for you to sign on the very front. So a lot of people, they normally have uh, uh, the manager sign uh, the sweet spot whenever it comes to team sign ball. And so I had Jose sign on the sweet spot, but like right underneath the, the logo. So that way I can ex- uh, display it with the a World Series logo and Jose's signature as well. So it turned out to be a really, really good thing that, Jose hadn't signed it. It's almost as if this signed baseball wasn't signed by Jose for that very reason. You know, it was kind of a fun thing. Uh, really kind of fun. But anyways, it's things like this that that gives you, uh, that gives these pieces an extra meaning. Um, I really, really enjoy that. I think that makes things extremely difficult to sell down the road. Um, you know, I ever see myself selling the a World Series baseball uh, or the glove, you know, also like that's behind, there's a case I have behind the baseball that's a game used glove by Canseco that, you know, we traded, um, which was really kind of fun. And, you know, he inscribed it and everything. So it's a, from his, you know, time in, you know, independent league or whatever, but, uh, really, really cool stuff. I just really have, uh, have enjoyed kind of, you know, stopping, you know, looking at like what I don't have and really looking at what I do have and enjoying and reminiscing about how certain pieces have gotten into my collection. So that might be a fun little, little homework piece, a uh, little homework assignment for you, if you will, is if, if you can get a chance, you know, think about the pieces in your collection and, you know, look at them and just let the memories of them, you know, wash over you. And, and if you have any, any meaningful stories or whatever, um, it'd be fun to even share those online. I think people, I think that the collecting community, the hobby likes to hear about those sorts of things. Um, you know, I love telling stories. I love reading other people's stories about what they have and everything. So it'd be great to hear, uh, definitely great to hear. So anyways, um, I mean, those are, that's just a small, small handful of many, many, many stories I have. So I think it, maybe I'll be doing something, like I said at the beginning, uh, maybe I'll be doing a, uh, uh, you know, story series or something like that on YouTube. That'd be kind of a uh, fun thing to do. So anyways, that's all I have for today. Uh, thank you as always for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your day.